GamesillaMedia.com. Noise Land Arcade. Welcome to this week's episode of Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me, as always, I'm the Arcade Phantom. Great to have you here, Sean. Uh, Great to be here. This is a good one. This really is. I I really enjoy this episode. I actually, uh, I found I found that when I've been going back to season two for for all this research, Principal Charming is a season two episode I watch fairly frequently. I really like this one. I. Uh, I don't watch this one enough, but I'll bring that up in the middle of the episode because there's a point where I'm going to point that out. Hmm. Yeah, so we're uh, talking about Principal Charming. Sean, when did this episode first air? Valentine's Day, 1991. Yeah, so in this romantic episode, Selma is looking to find a date, and so Marge sends Homer to hunt someone down only to have Principal Skinner fall for her sister, Patty, instead. Awkward. Super awkward. Uh, So, Sean... When it comes to uh, news uh, and and current events, what what do we got going on? So I got a big one for pop culture. Yeah, Craig's not much of a movie guy, as he's kind of said yeah, a few times. Not a huge mo- uh, movie buff, but I dare say there's a film that came out the same day, Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. that won Best Picture in 1991, and I guarantee Craig has seen it. Oh, the winner of five Academy Awards: Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, Silence of the Lambs came out. Oh, yes, I love this movie. It's probably, I, I think that uh, Silence of the Lambs might be in my top, at least top 20 favorite movies, probably even top 10. I really love this movie, or that movie. Did you know it's a sequel? Oh, yeah, technically Red Dragon is what came before it in the novels, right? Yep, and that was made into the movie Manhunter in the 80s. Interesting. Is Manhunter any good? It is a great cult film. It is nowhere near the level of Silence of the Lambs. Hmm. Interesting. I uh, yeah, I've, I've I've heard that it was it was technically a sequel, but like you wouldn't know it from watching Silence of the Lambs. You oh know? no, Silence of the Lambs doesn't really need Manhunter to go. No, no, you you don't really need much to aside from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it is a great movie. It is the first time that a film that is categorized as horror wins Best Picture. Really. Mm-hmm. Not the first one nominated, because The Exorcist was also nominated. I was going to say, I thought The Exorcist was nominated. I, I almost thought it won. I didn't realize it didn't. It won for soundtrack, I believe. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Interesting. I, uh, man, such a good movie. So many great lines. So many butchered lines over the years, too, that like people like you know misremember and stuff. Like, there's no uh, Hello Clarice in the movie. That happens with all great films. It happens with The Empire Strikes Back. It happens with Casablanca. That's true. Maybe it is just a great movie thing that a lot of people watch, and so it just sort of like becomes a part of culture, but people mess it up. Yeah, people, it's a telephone, essentially. Yeah, it's you're not wrong. telephone with quotes. Yeah, you're not wrong. Hmm. So what's going on in the news, Craig? Anything depressing? I'm sure it's depressing. It's uh, always depressing. Yes, it is. So, Sean, uh, now, you know, uh, Operation uh, Desert Storm, uh, as a part of the Persian Gulf War, is kind of coming to a bit of a close here soon, but it's not over just yet. Uh, but as of right now, uh, Yugoslavia had just attempted talks for unity, but they failed. Uh, at this time, there's a civil war going on in Yugoslavia uh, as Croatia is trying to replace civilian and military forces with uh, secessionist forces. Uh, a whole bunch of crazy stuff's going on. It's a lot of chaos, a lot of 
violence going on in Yugoslavia. And for any of our listeners who are maybe a little younger and don't know what the hell Yugoslavia is, the reason for that is because Yugoslavia splinters and becomes a bunch of different countries like uh, Croatia and uh, let's see, Serbia. There's a whole bunch of countries in that area that formed when Yugoslavia broke apart. Maybe if Yugoslavia tried to go for Yugonati, it would have worked. I hate you, Sean. I know you do. I, hate you, <laughs> I had to make that joke. It's so bad. Yeah, so uh, I, I've, I've gone in, uh, I believe I've gone in a little more in-depth into Yugoslavia in previous episodes when we've talked about history. But yeah, uh, they're trying to keep it together, and it ain't working at this time. And we will find that it won't end up working out. I. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, go ahead and dive in uh, to the episode. So, uh, Homer is sleeping and woken up at, by Barney at 8 a.m. on what day of the week? It, it can't be the weekend because we find that the DMV is open. And also, Barney's calling about how he went to Greasy Joe's barbecue pit and how he can still taste like the, the sauce on his fingers. Like, what time did that restaurant close and kick Barney out? It's 8 a.m. Did Barney, like, get home, pass out, and then wake up and call Homer at 8 a.m. on a weekday? He could have. That's weird, right? And how can he still taste the barbecue sauce on his fingers? It's been hours. That's gross, right? I mean, Barney's not the cleanest of guys, let's be honest. All right, touche, touche. That's very true. Uh, So... Uh, Homer finds out that there's an all-you-can-eat barbecue place, and he says, this is like some beautiful dream. Cuts to Marge in the kitchen doing exercises uh, with a, her, the TV on, like a little cart with wheels. That's a little weird, right? Uh, that was a thing back in the day, though. I had one of those. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. One of my TVs had a little cart with wheels that we drag it around on. Hmm, interesting. Steel cable on. I... Uh, <laughs> Steel cable on. <laughs> so, uh, Homer comes in, and uh, in the background, we see that there is a bowling championship certificate on the wall, which is kind of interesting. It comes into play a little later uh, in the episode. Uh, uh, he says that, you know, th- there's this place, they've got to go, they got to have a date there. And uh, Marge is like, Homer, you promised that you would like cut your pork servings uh, or your uh, pork down to six servings a week. And he says, Marge, I'm only human. That's a lot of servings of pork. Yeah. Do you know exactly how many it is? I, aside from six. So six servings of pork, according to the American Heart Association, would mm-hmm. be between two and three ounces per serving. Okay. So we're looking at like, uh, what, 18 ounces of pork in a week? Yep. I mean, that's not too much, but I mean, 18 ounces, I guess, is a fair amount. That's over a pound of pork. Yeah. That's oh. a- Wait, is it 18? Yeah, yeah, it would be a little bit over a pound. Pound of pork, a pork in a week? Yeah, I guess it's a bit much. I mean, I like pork, but you know, it's you know, not really the best for your heart, I suppose. I uh, so I uh, we see that the clock is is you know actually keeping up with where it should be. It shows it's eight oh five in the morning. Only been a few minutes since Homer woke up. Makes sense. I. Uh, Marge says that, uh, or Homer says, let's dump the kids off on Patty and Selma, and they'll, you know, they'll be able to go on this date. And Marge is like, well, I'm not sure if Patty and Selma are going to be free the, uh, Saturday night. And Homer's like, I'll take that bet, which is an amazingly delivered line and just so petty. Homer really does not like Patty and Selma, when with good reason. I mean, they treat him like garbage, and like, I mean, it's it's very mutual. They they just all hate 
hate, hate one another, essentially. Patty and Selma hate Homer. Homer hates Patty and Selma. Cuts to the DMV. So we know it's a weekday. Homer's taking a sweet time on a weekday uh, to get ready, but whatever. Uh, the DMV line has uh, a pale, bald guy who was at Homer's party uh, when he had the fight in a previous episode. Sylvia Winfield, who's the old lady across from the Simpsons who hate them. Krusty uh, the Clown. Barney with a child on his shoulders covering his eyes. Yeah, Barney cleaned up real quick to get there. Yeah, he really did. And got a kid. That's uncomfortable, right? Real uncomfortable. Uh, we have Apu. We have Otto. We have Miss Albright, who's uh, the Sunday school teacher. And Hans Moleman. Ah, Hans Moleman, on our first appearance of one of my favorite characters. But he wasn't Hans Moleman then. So he is and he isn't. Mm -hmm. So the characters, when they were doing the character designs, according to the writing staff, referred to his model as Moleman. (laughs) That's great. But they gave him a name on his license that's a different name. Ralph Mellish. Born August 2nd, 1921, he lives at 920 Oak Grove in Springfield, USA. The zip code, interestingly, is 90701, which is a Los Angeles, California zip code. Do you know where the name Ralph Mellish comes from? No clue. It's from a Monty Python sketch. What, really? Yes, the adventures of Ralph Mellish, Hot Dog, and Knickers. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's great. They were big Monty Python fans, so they snuck that in there. And he eventually became Hans Moleman, who we know and love. Who also is not born in the 1920s and instead is around 31 years old. I love Hans Moleman. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Penny and Selma uh, uh, say that, you know, they're going to, uh, uh, you know, go to this wedding and then, you know, like, get the heck out of there. I. Uh, Patty uh, also calls them out for, uh, I believe it's Patty who calls them out for, uh, as being alley cats for kissing at work, which at first seems really petty. And then you think about it for a moment and it's, yeah, they're making out at work. That's weird, right? A little bit. Even if you're dating someone you work with, it's real, real unprofessional to just start kissing. That's just awkward and weird. Yeah. Just, yeah, just a bit off. So they go to this wedding, Penny and Selma, uh, two o'clock for the Peterson wedding and eight o'clock for the Hayride to Heaven. Yeah, I put a note of that. What is the Hayride to Heaven? I'm pretty sure it's where uh, uh, one of the, uh, uh, like, just maniacs who, like, are a part of the church go on a hayride with a whole bunch of people and then he shoots them all. See, I imagine it's kind of like a haunted house, but angels pop out. Oh. Like a haunted hayride, but it's a bunch of angels popping out, and they're like, you got to do whatever you want in heaven. Ooh, I speak like a ghost. You're much less sociopathic in your imaginings than I am. Much less. <laughs> a little bit. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, Selma looks miserable. And a few other people do in the crowd as well. Uh, one sad man has a child in his lap. It just looks really weird. I'd be sad if I had a child in my lap. Touche. Touche. So Stanley and Martha met because Patty was essentially a jerk and pushed Stanley aside when he went to talk to Selma. And uh, while Selma was reading Kiss Me, Shoot Me, some like romance novel. Yeah, Patty's a cock block. I'll say it. I'll throw it out there. You're not wrong. She kept her sister from getting some. That is really low. And she uh, and and Stanley says, who knows what woman I would have ended up with if I had not sat next to you. And Selma is depressed. 
because Selma thinks in her head that maybe it could have been her. Uh, it cuts to them babysitting, and Selma sings the song Brandy, You're a Fine Girl to Lisa. Uh, the song was made and performed by the band The Looking Glass and released for their self-titled album on May 18th, 1972. The band was active from 69 to 74, uh, and Lisa asked Selma if she's ever going to get married. I'm sure everybody listening to this knows that song because it's the titular song for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You know, it's funny because I, I <laughs> when I... Uh, I've still never seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and when I looked online, I was like listening to the song, and I was like, oh yeah, I kind of like this song, and I looked to the comments to, you know, because gotta check out the YouTube comments, sometimes they're a train wreck, and everybody is just like, Guardians of the Galaxy brought me here, and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. So there's actually a really fun story about that, because Guardians of the Galaxy, Oh yeah. one of Looking Glass's band members oh. is now a middle school teacher. He teaches music for a middle school, and like... He became a celebrity at his school with all these younger people who loved the music from when he was a youth. And That's like cool. they would come up to him with like their soundtracks and have him sign it. And he was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever experienced. That's really neat. That's actually really awesome. If you want an uplifting story, look up Looking Glass Middle School Teacher on Google and you'll find the story. And it's awesome. That's great. I So I... So yeah, Lisa asks Selma if she's going to ever get married someday. And Selma is like, uh, uh, she's like, oh, I don't know. Why, you know somebody? And Lisa says, no. And since you'd only resent the pity of an eight-year-old niece, I'll simply hope that you're one of the statistically insignificant number of 40-year-old single women who ever find their fair prince. And she passes out. And Selma goes alone to smoke in the kitchen in the dark. Ouch. Ouch, Lisa. Yikes. Homer and Marge get home, and Homer pops his belt off and says, Greasy Joe is sorry you ever saw the likes of me. And uh, Selma wants to talk to Marge. Uh, Patty uh, is sleeping in the den with a cigarette in hand while Homer calls Barney to talk to him about how much he loves the sauce. And Barney asked about the snoring, and he's like, ah, it's just one of my sisters, you know, sister-in-laws. Uh, also, the Simpsons suddenly have a kitchen door that closes. Yeah, I, I saw that. I thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, we never see that door again. Like, it's just a door frame. That's it. And what I almost thought at first, I had to actually rewind and watch it again, is because when I was a kid, uh, I had uh, like a sliding door to the kitchen. It was like a door that slid, and you might remember it, Sean, because you remember my childhood home. I do remember it, actually. And eventually, we put in tile work that blocked that door where it wouldn't open or close. It was just like that's the way it ended up working out with like this tile work or whatever. Uh, but yeah, when I was a really little kid, the kitchen door technically closed. Uh, but like it slid, like, you know, from one door, like the like inside the door frame out. My, really weird. My childhood kitchen had. A sliding door like that on one side, mm -hmm. and on the other side was almost Western saloon doors that were the kind you could push open. Really? Yeah. And as a little kid, I broke those, kicking them, pretending <laughs> I was a cowboy. <laughs> That's great. Because uh, you got to kick open the saloon doors. you got to. I mean, that is how it works. Absolutely. So Selma says that she's getting older, fatter, and uglier, and she needs help finding a man. And Marge says she's going to try. So Marge 
uh, at later that night asks Homer if he remembers how they went to the Bowlers Hall of Fame in St. Louis, Missouri. And Homer smiles and says, remember, who could forget? And he's uh, looking at a picture of them next to a bowling, uh, a bowling pin car. Uh, now, for the record, uh, an International Bowling Museum did reside in St. Louis, Missouri until November of 2008. Uh, and it does have a car that's shaped like a bowling pin, uh, but it looks different. It's not standing on end. It's sort of like on its like side, basically, the car. Uh, but I, you know, Marge says, you know, like, hey, you know, you said you you promised you'd do one thing for me uh, no matter what. And Homer's like, oh, it was just an idle promise. And Marge is like, yeah, but not to me. And I she says that, you know, she needs help finding a man for Selma. And Homer forgets who Selma is or which one it is. Uh, did you catch what uh, 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 differentiates Selma when uh, uh, Marge explains? No, I didn't. She's the one who likes police academy movies, collecting Hummel figures, and walking through the park on clear autumn days. I just differentiate them because of their earrings. I always go by hair. Uh, for some reason, I always think of S's having loops, and Selma's hair has the the like uh, part to it, and Panties doesn't. What's funny is if you listen to the writers talk about it, they always forget which one is which, and it's really <laughs> funny that they work on the show and can't remember who is who. Uh, so, uh, real quick uh, explanation for anyone who's unfamiliar. Police Academy movies were a series of movies about an undermanned police department deciding to allow anyone to try to be a police officer, uh, which spawned six movies. Hummel figures are porcelain figures based upon the drawings of sister Maria Innocent, uh, Innocentia Hummel. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I think everyone knows what autumn walks are like. I'm kind of surprised they haven't tried to reboot Police Academy. It seems like a really easy movie franchise to do. You get a bunch of comedians who are all real funny. They're all trying zany antics to get into a police academy. I mean, yeah, that is kind of a sure bet, isn't it? I mean, I don't necessarily think the movie would be a masterpiece by any means, but, like, I mean, for a quick cash grab? Yeah, you you attach Seth Rogen, James Franco, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, boom, you got a police academy movie. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right. Hollywood, pay me. Pay me money. (laughs) So, I... I uh, Homer says I, uh, you know I, uh, I, uh, you know isn't you know uh, isn't is uh, Selma the one who doesn't like to be touched, and and she says no Patty I uh, I uh, uh, chose the life or I uh, uh, chose the life of celibacy but Selma simply had celibacy thrust upon her. I uh, she then says that you know the man must be honest, caring, well off, and handsome. Homer then says, hey, why should she have a better husband than you do? That's such a good line from Homer. <laughs> it is. And it's interesting because I, I you know, asexual uh, preferences and, and celibacy is something that, you know, wasn't very commonly talked about back then. Uh, asexual natures are, are, for anyone who's unfamiliar, are people who just don't like or don't want sexual relations. They, they want, you know, p- potentially like a relationship just without any sexual activity. And it's... Not very common, you know, you don't hear a lot of people talking about it, but like it's becoming a little bit more, you know, accepting to talk about and stuff. I mean, I I find at least with dating, you know, online myself, you do see that from time to time. Uh, But it's interesting, too, because I think later in the series, don't they, don't the writers have Patty become a lesbian? 
fan fiction writers. You're not wrong, fan fiction writers. But uh, it's interesting to me that she goes from from asexual and kind of like just you know not wanting to people to touch her or or having those relations to just oh wait no she was she was homosexual she's just a lesbian. It's kind of kind of a. Uh, like I, I get that it's sort of like oh okay well it's interesting that you were able to make this homosexual character that's great but like you also took away from anyone who identified with her as asexual you know yes but that is a common leap actually where some people who are closeted are closeted because they don't want to admit it and they just think they're not interested in sex that could yeah okay that, that is can... a very common thing that people have done I actually have a friend who is that way who mm-hmm. they thought they weren't interested in sex they were completely asexual and it turns out they were just gay. I see. They just so couldn't find any kind of thing in the opposite sex that they found attractive. And that that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. So it's not a far stretch, but it is fan fiction season, so I don't care. <laughs> so, I. Uh, so we cut to uh, Springfield Elementary, which once again has a clock tower. Uh, or, or rather, a bell tower. Uh, and every so often, the Simpsons put in a bell tower for the school. They usually put it in when it's needed, and this episode is definitely needed for a couple scenes. Oh, very true. Very, very true. Uh, so, Bart is in class, and uh, they are, uh, uh, Krabappel is handing out sodium tetrasulfate and says to be careful. Uh, and it's essentially this chemical that can be used as, like, a, a you know, an herbicide. Also, in the background, we see Sherry and Terry, as well as a kid who kind of looks like Todd Flanders. Huh. Yeah, it's not quite Todd Flanders, but it kind of looks like him. Uh, And I love that Bart kind of... Well, here's a question. Has Mr. Burns kind of, like, strummed his kind of fingers together and then said, excellent, yet? Because Bart does that here. I don't believe Burns has done it yet. Bart, and later in this episode, Homer... Uh, use the excellent line before Mr. Burns. Uh, he cruelly kind of like mutters, excellent. Uh, meanwhile, Homer is the Terminator? That's what this is in reference to, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a very Terminator Westworld kind of thing where Homer's got basically robot vision as he's looking at men and it's giving them statistics about why they would be a good relationship or a bad relationship. Oh, do you have all that? I do. So he's at work and he sees Carl. Uh-huh. And his reasoning for Carl is that Carl's too attractive. He, it's a con. He can't use Carl too attractive. Then he sees Smithers, and Smithers has also got a con because he's a jerk. <laughs> Smithers eventually becomes a little bit of a nicer guy. But yeah, let's face it, at this point, Smithers, if you remember in this season, talked about Homer killing himself. Well, I mean, Smithers kept bombs in his coat according to the Simpsons arcade game, so he's yeah. a villain. Yeah, at this point, he is kind of a villain. He then sees somebody who's in one of those nuclear hazmat suits, and she takes off her he- like hood uh-huh. helmet. I don't know. The what helmet, it, yeah, yeah, I guess it'd be a helmet. And it's Miss Finch, <laughs> and her con is that she's not a man. <laughs> I love that. Also funny that we have a female who's working in the power plant because we'll later learn that Burns has sexist unemployment. Oh, it's sexist uh, 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 hiring policies. That's right. Uh, uh, well. I mean, we, we see women from time to time. I, I, I would imagine that it's just they don't stay long because of the sexism. So I'm going to go through this whole list because Homer makes a couple stops and then we'll get back to the story. Yeah, yeah. So he sees a poo and he's got a pro for him, which is that he's got discounted snack treats. 
but the con is that he's got a dangerous profession. <laughs> uh-huh. Homer looks at some random guy and it shows a question mark, and his pro is that he's got a nice stride. The con is that he's a complete stranger. I love that one so much. And then there's one more person before we get to the, the main one, which we'll do when we get to him. Mm-hmm. But there's Homer looks up at a Laramie sign, and the pro is that he's a smoker. The con is that he's just a sign. I love it. I uh, so I uh, meanwhile Bart Milhouse Lewis and Franklin were planning a pencil drop, and Skinner walks up, Principal Skinner, and he's like, you know, like, oh, you boys better not be doing anything. You know, I heard you're you're planning this. You'll be suspended if you do it. Outside of cartoons, was doing a a, a coordinated pencil drop a thing? Yeah, I've actually been in high school classes where kids did it, and it was really freaking annoying. That's so weird. It's it, but would you be suspended for it? No, you wouldn't be suspended for it. You'd be told to knock it the hell off. Yeah. There was also the coordinated um pencil sharpening where somebody constantly goes up to sharpen their pencil. Oh, there's always someone sharpening a pencil. Yeah, so it's always a loud just grating noise because it's the old timey sharpeners that are on the side <laughs> that you crank. Oh man, I remember those. Man, I uh, I don't know that I was ever a part of one. I don't. I, I vaguely remember maybe in high school somebody like trying it. Maybe even in the class like where you like with you. So listeners who were in our earlier episodes know I was a really good kid when I was growing up as a kid. Uh huh. But then I made it to middle school and high school and I was kind of a jerk. I was totally part of these. Yeah, that's great. I. Uh, so yeah, the uh, Bart says vandalism fans hold on to your hats and he pulls out a bag of sodium tetrasulfate uh, that probably really should have been locked up. Uh, Do they let kids use sodium tetrasulfate? I mean, I don't know enough about sodium tetrasulfate, honestly. Uh, I would presume that if it was used in chemistry, it would be like for older kids. Probably not elementary kids. I don't know. Uh, m- meanwhile, the three kids that are with uh, Bart say, who does he think he is anyway? He's not going to get away with it. Sometimes that kid just goes too far. And uh, Bart decides to do this, you know, uh, uh, you know, plan. I, uh, you know, meanwhile, Homer's looking around for a, a man, of course, and Skinner is in the cafeteria and he says, ah, the best tater tots money can buy. And he sniffs some and he goes, that smells like sodium tetrasulfate bonding with chlorophyll. And then he runs up the school bell tower. Okay. I looked it up. Uh huh. Sodium tetrasulfide can, with exposure to skin can cause irritation to the eye, skin, and respiratory tract. So they mm. totally would not give that to kids nowadays. No, absolutely not. So, uh, Sean, is it a movie reference when he's running up the bell tower and looks gets dizzy when he looks down? Yes, that is a reference to the end of Vertigo. Oh, you know, I, I never saw Vertigo, but I know enough about it that I thought it was a, a reference to that, but it, I wasn't it sure. It is one of Hitchcock's best films. I would argue Rope is my favorite Hitchcock film. Hmm. But Vertigo, Jimmy Stewart is just amazing. And then anytime Jimmy Stewart is paired up with Hitchcock, it's amazing. Oh, no. That's sinister looking kids. Come to get me. <laughs> uh, so I, I, he goes up to the bell tower and he sees that Bart has been written in the, by like, you know, with sodium tetrasulfate, destroying the grass and it spells out Bart. And he screams, Simpson! And Bart gets pulled into the office. And his permanent record is enormous. It's huge. And uh, Bart's like condescending. He's like, maybe it was one of the other Barts. And Skinner says, there are no other Barts. Uh Uh-oh. 
And uh, Skinner wishes he could get the Board of Education out of retirement, which is just a literal paddle in a glass case. Uh, But he tells Bart to call his father. Uh, And Bart uh, takes a look down the list, and one of them is for Moe's Tavern. Are you surprised? Are you surprised? A little, only because it's school hours, and it would only be weekdays. So that's just a little extra sad, right? School is in session on St. Patrick's Day, and that's where Homer would be. School is in session on Cinco de Mayo, and that's where Homer would be. Touche. Any drinking holiday, that's where he'd be. You're not wrong. I'm a little sad, but you're not wrong. Uh, Also uh, interesting is throughout The Simpsons, we see that the phone numbers are typically Klondike 5, uh, and then like the rest of the number. It'll it'll be Klondike 51111. I... That's a reference to old timey kind of like telephone lines needing like when you called, you would get an operator. And it uh, depending on the city is was the first two letters on those became numbers. So uh, KL would be Klondike. And so Klondike five is just five, 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 which is typically used for fictional phone numbers. Uh, But uh, as far as that goes, uh, Homer is I I. At most tavern, the lines get crossed during a school day. During See? a school day, uh, the uh, oh no, uh, they don't. The lines don't get crossed. Mo presumes they're crossed because uh, uh, Bart says that he's calling for a homosexual. I feel that joke doesn't age well. No, not in the least. It is. It is. Uh, uh, it is a very, very prejudiced joke. The, the the fact that, you know, Mo is looked down upon for looking for a homosexual, you know, and everyone in the bar laughs and they're like, oh, don't look at me. It's definitely a sign of the times, for sure. I, uh, but I, I, uh, Homer gets called into the, the office and uh, he's like, well, when did he do this time? And I, uh, you know. Uh, Skinner, for, for the first time, mentions ground, groundskeeper Willie's award-winning playfield uh, is what suffered here, and he pre- uh, uh, you know presents that you know Bart should do some backbreaking labor, uh, and we have another Terminator moment. So yeah, this one Homer's got a lot of info on it. So for Skinner, he has prose. He uses big words. Mm-hmm. He dislikes the boy, <laughs> and he's well groomed. Yep. But his con is that he's a possible homosexual. And we have a very awkward moment where uh, Homer asks, you know, like, Principal Skinner, tell me. He's like, are you married? And and Skinner says, you know, oh, only married to my job. And Homer says, but if you weren't married to your job, you tend to go for a girl, right? <laughs> Which is kind of a funny line, even if it is kind of shitty. Uh, and Homer, this is one of those rare cases where we see Homer being real slick. And he invites Skinner to dinner. And, you know, because of all the terrible things Bart's done. And uh, Skinner agrees. In the background, Bart is horrified. And Homer says, excellent. And it's an unforgettable luncheon. (laughs) It'll be an unforgettable luncheon indeed. So Bart greets Skinner at his door, you know, at home. And Skinner says that he can hope that they can leave their differences behind on the schoolyard. Uh, Meanwhile, Patty and Selma are making like uh, a... it's weird because the animation, it looks like they're long hot dogs, but eventually we find that they're making pigs in a blanket. Uh, Patty is pretty disgusted with the whole thing. Uh, she tells her sister to get out there and shake her moneymaker, uh, and Selma's too nervous. 
Selma's real, real awkward and doesn't want to go out there. And they start arguing and bickering about who should go out there. Uh, meanwhile, we see that uh, Homer is in front of the bowling certificate that we saw earlier and cl- like seemingly bragging about it. Uh, it's funny to me that technically Homer and Skinner are old friends. Yeah, right? they are. They were in a barbershop quartet together. Yeah, Skinny Boy. Skinner was the funny one. And uh, they, it, they're watching football together. Uh, and Skinner's like, hey, this wouldn't be a master plan to set me up with an unmarried relation, would it? And Patty appears. Well, one, one of, of the sisters, yeah, one appears. Of the sisters appears. We're going to find out that it's Patty and not Selma. Uh, and Homer's like, <laughs> boy meets beast. Uh, also, on the tray, she brings her pigs in a blanket and celery with peanut butter. That's weird, right? I need both of those. Oh, I need both of those. But when you're trying to, to, you know, when your goal is like, I want to hook up with this guy, you don't give him peanut butter because that's just going to make his breath smell like peanut butter. Nothing turns me on like peanut butter. I wish I didn't know that. But that's the part dog in me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Woof. Woof. Uh, So I, I... Homer can't tell him apart, though. So he's like, this is my lovely, you know, sister-in-law, Selma. And she's like, hey, Tubbs, I'm Patty. And he's like, oh, crap. And uh, they have dinner. And Principal Skinner is infatuated with Patty. Asks her what Egypt was like. Uh, Patty, of course, is just like, she's not interested in, in Skinner, so she's just being real snotty. And she's like, the Nile smells like cattle rot, and they have horse flies the size of your head. And he's like, fascinating. And Marge is like, a, you know, a camel spit on Selma. She had a terrible time too. And he's like, yes, yes, I've heard they've, you know, very difficult animals. And Skinner, real, real slick, says that the parent advisory board has asked Skinner to attend the premiere of Space Mutants 5. Skinner got game. He asks Patty to go. And I, uh, Patty doesn't really know what to say. I'd go to Space Mutants 5. With Principal Skinner? Handsome guy, absolutely. Uh, It's apparently Patty's first date in 25 years, which would mean that she was around 18 when she had her potentially first and last date, or at least last date. Uh, And Patty's like, yeah, but we had plans. And she's like, or and Selma's like, yeah, you know, hearts with mother can wait. Uh. And Selma's just real, real jealous. They go into the Quickie Mart. Uh, Apu gets them their cigarettes. And uh, he's like, oh, do you want uh, any lottery tickets? And she's like, no. No, okay, five. And she's just real stressed out. Did you catch what brands they smoke? Oh, no, I didn't. Because Selma smokes Laramie Ladies. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very weird kind of take on like the Virginia Slims and more feminine cigarettes. I think that, yeah, back in the, the 90s, that was kind of a thing, though, right? It's like marketing certain cigarettes to certain genders. They, they still do that nowadays because they have like um, the Virginia Slim purse packs, mm. which are like small, thin cigarettes that you keep in your purse. But Patty smokes Laramie Extra Tar. Gross. Yeah. Real gross. Uh, scene changes, though, and we're at school, and Bart is doing back-breaking labor, and we see Willie for the first time, right? So the, for the first time, and his first line is really off. 
Save your strength, lad. Doesn't sound like Willie. His later lines in the episode sound like Willie, but this one just doesn't sound like it. It's a little off, yeah. Uh, Skinner, though, walks up to Bart, and he wants to know what uh, his Aunt Patty's favorite candy is. And Bart says, cherry cordial, sir. And uh, Skinner says, well, Bart, did you learn your lesson? And uh, uh, Bart's like, oh, yeah, I'll never think of doing anything bad ever again. And so he hucks the bag of seeds at Willie, and he's like, so long, Willie. And Willie yells, y'all be back. You haven't seen the last of Willie. I, I feel like that's a catchphrase for Willie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty good. I like it. I... Now, meanwhile, I, Patty, Selma, and Marge are getting Patty ready for the date. And they use a product called, gee, your lip looks hairless. And Patty's like, why are we bothering to do this? And Marge says, you don't want your date to show up and for you to look like Yosemite Sam. For those who are unfamiliar, uh, he's from the Looney Tunes. He's the cowboy who perpetually wants Bugs Bunny dead. I like Yosemite Sam. I really, really enjoy Yosemite Sam. He's he's not my favorite Looney Tune character by any means, but I do enjoy him. You know what's weird, though? Huh. I never made the connection as a kid that in Tiny Toons, Montana Max was supposed to be Yosemite Sam's parallel. Uh-huh. And uh, Elmira is supposed to be uh, Elmer, uh, Fudd. Elmer Fudd. Yeah. Yeah, I never made that connection with Montana Max. He's uh, a Texan who is just real greedy and shitty. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's where they where they drew the line there. I uh, So, I... Uh, Patty gets ready for her date, and she says, how do I look? And Selma says, achingly beautiful. And she's just real depressed that her sister got this date, and she didn't. Skinner arrives singing a song called The Inchworm, uh, originally performed by Danny Kaye, uh, but it was at this time more recently covered by Paul McCartney. Uh, he gives her the cherry cordials. She says, ah, I like him okay, and like hucks him into the apartment, and I... Uh, they go to a revolving restaurant? Yeah, so they go to the revolving Springfield Revolving Restaurant. And I want to bring this up because it's a moment yeah. of shame for both Craig and I. Go on. Do you know the name of that restaurant? Um, I'm, I'm Not off the top of my head, no. So I will never forget the name of that restaurant because a few years back we went to ah, Simpsons yes. Trivia. And this is one of the questions we got wrong. One of the... Three questions we got wrong. I threw out a couple hundred. Yeah, I don't think I even have it written down for my notes. It is the sit and rotate room. Ah, uh, yes, the sit and rotate room. Oh, you know what? I do have that in my notes. I didn't capitalize I it. I will didn't never it. forget that title of that restaurant. Room. I forgot all about the fact that that was one of the questions we got wrong. Yeah, I hate that restaurant so much because of it. And I realized I'm not as familiar with season two back then. So yeah. I had to go through and watch a lot more season two. Which I'm glad I did. I love season two. It's pretty great. Yeah, I, I think back then when we were, did that uh, trivia, I think season one and two we just weren't very familiar with. And then we, you know, were just banking on our knowledge of like three through eight. And uh, hopefully we can change that and do another trivia night and totally dominate. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Uh, so uh, uh, Skinner says that the food tastes better when you're evolving. Uh, and I... Uh, Apparently the evening is a big disappointment. I, uh, they, I, uh, I, uh, as the restaurant uh, revolves. By the way, we see a uh, house of tires and a jumper on a ledge with Wiggum trying to get them off. I, uh, as well as uh, uh, a prison riot. Yeah, it's a beautiful view this restaurant has. Yeah, very beautiful. I, uh, 
They finally get some service, and Skinner recognizes that it's Jimmy, little Jimmy Pearson from class of 1971. And he says, tuck in your shirt. Uh, you know, he's like, get this woman some water. Uh, and uh, Skinner says, standard, or uh, uh, he says, nearly 30 and still working as a busboy. Standardized testing never lies. And Patty kind of laughs. She likes that kind of like, you know, rotten attitude he's got there. So I did some math on Jimmy Pearson. Oh, yeah? Because I wanted to figure out how old he would actually be. Uh huh. So if he's the class of 71 in Springfield Elementary is an elementary school, mm-hmm. it could cut off at either fourth or sixth grade. So if it cuts off at sixth grade, yeah. that would mean that in 77, he would be 18. Add 14 years on that to make that uh, 1991, he'd be 32. If Springfield Elementary ended at fourth grade, which we know Bart is in, uh-huh. he would be 30. Or possibly almost 31 if he was at the very tail end of the school year. He'd be 29. Meaning Springfield Elementary only goes up to the fourth grade. That's interesting to me only because of the fact that we see older kids than Bart fairly frequently. That or Jimbo, Dolph, and Kearney are all in the fourth grade but a different class? Or that Skinner doesn't recognize the kids a year perfectly. That could be. Yeah, it could be any of those. Uh, so uh, uh, while they're on the date, Selma's venting to Marge and Homer uh, in the den while they clip coupons. Uh, she says that Patty's always the lucky one, two minutes younger, skin like a China doll, and bosoms till Tuesday. Uh, which, did you notice the first coupon she's clipping? No, what is it? It's for English muffins. And do you want to know what's really strange about it, though? The ad has a woman in a bikini. Hey, sex sells, man. The next time you watch this episode, watch for the first thing, the coupon she's clipping for English muffins, and it's like a woman in like a bikini or like lingerie. It's really weird. Uh, English muffins are weird in general. Do you think so? I think so. I feel like they're just yeah. okay. They're, they're, they're good, but I feel like the people who buy them are always the people when I worked at the grocery store. You know, now that you mention it, I will say, like, a lot of people bought English muffins, but, like, people who were, like, really, really weirdly adamant about them and, like, like smashing through all the English muffins to get the best date or whatever, yeah, they're a little weird. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, to all our listeners who are very adamant about their English muffins, we apologize for this slander that we've flung at you. Uh, but I, I, Marge says, you know, like, she's telling her, she's like, you know, She's like, Selma, don't worry. There's plenty of fish in the sea. And Homer, of course, says, yeah, we just don't have any good bait. Another crummy line by Homer, but maybe understandable. Cuts to the Aztec Theater, which we've seen uh, a few times, I think, in, this, uh, in The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, we saw it in uh, 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 The Telltale Head. Yep, they run past it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it well, they sneak into the uh, watch the movie for free. Uh, Skinner tries the yawn tactic, where you yawn and throw your hand over the the girl's shoulder, and it doesn't work. She's like, don't be stupid. Uh, And they watch Space Mutants 5, which takes place in Australia. Uh, Which is weird, because they say, like, the woman is like, what happened to that dingo? And the Australian guy's like, oh, probably a wallaby or something. How would a wallaby kill a dingo? You don't mess with the wallaby. Fair enough. So later in this episode... Uh Uh-huh. Homer's talking about um, Selma. 
Yeah. And he refers to her as a heifer. Yes, he does. This episode taught me about wallabies and heifers. And then I would later go on to watch Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, my God. Where the characters would be a wallaby and a heifer. I didn't didn't even connect that. That's amazing. I I learned what a wallaby was because of this episode. That's kind of amazing. I... So we have the space mutant appear, and it's a marsupial, and it's a pouch with a little tiny space alien inside it. And uh, 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 Patty screams and grabs onto a Skinner, and Skinner goes, Hello, Dolly, which is a 1964 musical based upon Thornton Wilder's 1938 farce about the mer- or called The Merchant of Yonkers. I don't know much else aside from that. I... Uh, and so they're walking, or uh, Skinner's walking, uh, uh, you know, Patty to, uh, uh, you know, uh, her, her apartment. And, uh, you know, she's complaining it was a bad movie, bad restaurant. And Skinner's like, isn't it nice that we hate the same things? And asks what she's doing tomorrow. Uh, which, tomorrow she's having a microwave cookery class. Taekwondo the day after that. Uh, and Skinner's like, you know, Patty, the day after that, and he, like, hugs her and, like, goes to, like, you know, like, kiss her, and she warns him not to touch her. Skinner then claims that he doesn't have cooties, which you think would be kind of charming because he's the principal of a of elementary school, but no means no, Skinner, and she just flings him into the wall with a taekwondo move? Karate chop? Oh, no, a karate kick, I think. It's with her hand, I believe. Oh, yeah, I that's right. It was. Hand, like, towards his throat. Almost. Yeah, like, hit, like, hits him in the throat, knocks him across the room. Patty then feels really bad because Skinner just looks real, real sad and pathetic. And she says that she'll go grocery shopping with him on Thursday. And Skinner's real excited about that. She gets in. Selma, you know, gets mad at her. Is real jealous. She's like, tell me every filthy detail or is your tongue too tired? Patty says it's a lousy meal. I uh, awful date and he didn't get anything and she leaves and Selma Selma's really upset. You know what's weird about this? And this isn't in my notes and I don't remember which sister says this. Uh-huh. In the way we was when we have the flashback. Yeah. The sister one of the two sisters calls out Marge for not putting out. Oh, it would make sense that it was Selma that or Patty being just like, you know, like uh, like, you know, petty and like kind of like uh, cynical about it. The fact that like, you know, you won't get anywhere being with someone if you don't put out, which I feel like at this time, the writing was really pushing her to be asexual, if that is the case, you know, like, yeah. where, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, it's totally fine to be homosexual instead, of course, you know, that's totally fine. But it is strange that the writing was pushing her to being, you know, potentially a little bit more on the like, you know, just asexual side rather than, you know, like gearing her up to be a lesbian. But of course at this time, you know, I feel like TV probably was more accepting of someone asexual than they were a lesbian because homosexuals weren't really being depicted very positively on TV around this time. No, we'll see a lot more of that as we go into the mid nineties. A big part of that actually is Ellen DeGeneres coming out. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, she came out and on her show, Ellen, uh, was like the, the, she ended up uh, 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 coming out on that show, like as the character, as well as she herself coming out. And that so. was a very big to do in the 90s. Yeah, it really was. Also, the um, episode, God, I can't remember the name of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's my brother's favorite episode. Um, oh, the, uh, the one where I, I, 
uh, the Simpsons befriend the uh, the guy who's uh, uh, yeah, John, who's played by John Waters. Um, uh, yeah, what is that episode called? Now I can't think of it. Uh, I'm having a uh, uh, brain fart. I, I'll we'll we'll th- we'll think that over. I'm sure it'll come to us. But that was a positive force for um, homosexuality and car- cartoons and television at that time. Hmm. I. Uh, so it cuts to I, uh, uh, Bart at school, and what is he? What is he doing to Skinner here, Sean? Because this is just this is to me just like super over the top. He's throwing eggs onto Skinner. He throws three eggs down at him. One nails him in the top of the head. Skinner looks mad, and then he like turns. Let's see, it's Bart, and he waves. He's happy. It's so ridiculous. Bart is such a little shit. He's pelting eggs, and it, like the best part is, is when Skinner looks up, Bart just smiles at him. He looks down and smiles, and I, uh, I, uh, we see I, uh, I, uh, like there's like the kind of like this little montage, and uh, Skinner's trying to like kiss uh, Patty, and he gets slapped, and he smiles. I feel like Skinner is maybe a little masochistic. I. Uh, and Selma's just really depressed because uh, uh, she's thinking about all the time she spent, you know, with her sister. Uh, you know how they went to Egypt, Lenin's tomb, and get the Gettysburg. I uh, and uh, Skinner takes Patty on a date to the playground at the school. And I, I have a question for you: Is that charming or weird? Charming. Charming. I, I've th- I've taken dates to my elementary school playground before. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's cute. Yeah, they wanted to know, like, what, what was it like when you were a child? So I, I've done that before. No, here's a question, though. Um, did you work at that school at the time? Because this, no. is, this isn't Skinner's childhood elementary school, presumably. There also weren't kids at the school at the time. It was, like, evening. Well, I would hope not. That would it's, be it's weird. It's not like I'm crashing recess, like, we're going to hang out there on recess. This will be awesome. Hey, Let's kids. play some kickball with these kids and kick their ass. Want to play hide and sink with Uncle Sean? <laughs> Although it would be really fun to play kickball with a bunch of like fourth graders and just be beating the shit out of it like dominate, <laughs> just knocking the ball a mile away, and just be like, "Yeah, go get it, kid." That would be pretty fun, arguably. Oh, uh, by the way, the uh, episode is called Homer's Phobia. Right. I forgot that. Yeah. I, uh, but I. So finally, though, they they you know. Patty gives Skinner a kiss and she says something like, you know, don't go telling your friends that I did this and stuff. Uh, and Selma looks through the peephole, sees them make out and gets even more sad. Uh, so Selma is just like, just feels terrible. Just she, she misses her sister and she is super jealous. Meanwhile, Skinner's elementary school is just a complete mess kids are fighting one kid is getting spanked by another which i thought was kind of weird like he's in the window with his butt up and the kid is just spanking his butt that's hot (laughs) so so one of uh my favorite background things in this chaos Uh uh-huh there's graffiti on the wall Uh uh-huh did you catch the graffiti was it el barto so there's that and there's i am still a wiener Which is a reference to Bart gets an F when he wrote "I am a wiener" on there. Oh, that's great! Yeah, coming out of uh, Skinner's face, you yeah. know. Uh, also, uh, it looks like there's a kid in uh, who has a hose blasting it uh, at Nelson. Uh, that kid's gonna get beat up. Nelson yeah. was a bully. He doesn't have a truce with that kid. He's got a truce with Bart. He has a truce with Bart, but nobody else. That kid is dead. Uh, 
And yeah, so there's just kids like passing around globes. Uh, Sherry and Terry are fighting. Uh, and uh, oh, a couple of kids put up a pair of boxer shorts as a flag. They've run it up the flagpole. Uh, Bart, meanwhile, is spray painting a stick figure with boobs. And when Skinner sees it, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, Bart first says, Skinner, ha, he works for me now. And Skinner walks up, for some reason imagines Patty. But I guess she's got bosoms till Tuesday, so fair enough. And uh, he's going to ask Patty for her hand in marriage. Bart then says, your funeral, Seymour. I love when Bart and uh, Seymour get along. I really do. It is pretty fun. I, I feel like that they have such a good dynamic because it's basically Batman and the Joker or Sherlock and Moriarty or Mountain Dew and Mellow Yellow or that kid, uh, Maggie and that ba- kid, baby with the one eyebrow. People need arch enemies. I, so I, I, it cuts over to I, I, Homer at the bar, and he can't find somebody for uh, his, uh, you know, sister-in-law. And uh, uh, Mo says, "Homer, lighten up! You're making happy hour bitterly ironic." And I, uh, there's a sign on the wall at this scene. Oh yeah, happy hour is between five and five thirty, <laughs> which is the most <laughs> most tavern thing ever to have a half hour happy hour. That's kind of great. I love that. Uh, Barney is interested in Marge's sister, though, and uh, she's like, you know, I, uh, what does she look like? And Homer says, like my uh, wife's ugly sister. But they, like, how would he know one of them and not the other? I, uh, Barney then says he's not a picky man, and I uh, reel him in. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. I. Uh, so I. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, Bart is at the mall with Skinner. That's weird, right? Well, I, mean, he, I mean, I know he's dating his aunt, but that's <sighs> weird. You know, I I don't chalk this up as being that weird. Uh, his he Skinner is dating his aunt, Bart's aunt, and he's treated him to ice cream. It seems like it's it's not that weird. They also know each other very well because they've you know gone like to the same school for so long. I I mean. If, if it was any other time, like if it was just out for ice cream, that'd be pretty weird. You know, I mean, at least if he took Lisa and Maggie as well, it'd be like, hey, let me take your nieces and nephews out. But then why wouldn't Patty be there? In this case, you know, it's it's because he's buying a ring. So, yeah, I guess it's a little weird. I guess it's a bit weird. Yeah, I thought it was kind of weird. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. It is a little weird. I... Uh, and, uh, I, you know, Skinner's like, I'm an educator. I can't buy this ring. It's worth two years' salary. And Bart's like, Seymour. And he's like, all right, fine, I'll take it. Uh, Selma is reading Kiss Me, Shoot Me again. And I don't mean that she's reading Kiss Me, Shoot Me again. I mean she's reading a book called Kiss Me, Shoot Me again. And I... Uh, Marge is yelling at Homer. She's like, she's not going to let her sister date, uh, go out with Barney Gumble. And Homer says, hey, Selma's no prize pig herself, you know. She's Ouch. a heifer, plain and simple. Ouch. I. Uh, and so Sel- uh, Bart comes in and Selma's like, Bart, you know, say something to, to cheer up your aunt. And Bart's like, Principal Skinner's going to ask Selma to, or uh, ask Patty to marry him. Oh, 
that might be the best line delivery Selma gives. <laughs> she it She's really is good. So heartbroken and just the simple oh. Yeah, it's rough. So Selma realizes that she's, you know, she needs to drop her girlish dreams and catch the next train out of the station and agrees to date Barney. They then go, which is they being Homer, Marge, and Selma go to Selma's apartment. Selma gets dressed up. Uh, Homer tries to compliment her and says, ring a ding ding when she comes out. And, uh, you know, Selma says, oh, shut up. Which is funny because Homer's advice that he gives Bart is women love compliments. Their blood-sucking monsters always wanting more, more, more. And it clearly doesn't work here. Clearly. The hatred is too strong from Selma. That is very true. So we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, so, uh, Patty comes in keep getting their names mixed up. Patty comes in and she asks Selma why she's dressed up like a uh, a chorus girl and Pat, or Selma says it takes a right piece of cheese to catch the mouse, which just sounds weird. And she goes to leave and, and Homer's like, take it to the hoop! And uh, Barney arrives, offers her a bottle of schnapps, which he's confused about, Barney has a fly drawn around him, which I kind of love. Uh huh. And according to the animators, that was really a thing they wanted to always have Barney have his flies around him. Like old cartoons and stuff? Yeah, but this is one of the few scenes they actually do it. Yeah, you don't see it very often. Uh, and so, I, uh, you know, Patty's kind of upset that her sister's being this desperate and, you know, isn't really sure what to do. It cuts to the bell tower back at Springfield Elementary. And uh, Principal Skinner is is carrying Patty up while Patty is fretting about her sister. Uh, Skinner then doesn't have the best of timing. And, uh, you know, he probably should have talked to her beforehand about her, her worries before, you know, having the right before he's about to pop the question. Because he's used sodium tetrasulfate to ask her uh, by, you know, uh, using herbicide to, you know, like cut through the the lawn, uh, you know, saying, you know, like, Patty, will you marry me? Uh, and gives her the ring, and she's like, oh my god, the size of it. And he's, uh, uh, and she does say that she really likes him, and he screams, Kalu Kalei, which is a line from Lewis Carroll's The Walrus and the Carpenter, which is kind of weird, right? Well, you, you mentioned earlier that Beatles... And that was often referenced in the Beatles. So, oh, maybe that's it then. Skinner's a Beatles fan. That could be. I mean, he's also an educator. So, I mean, I, I sort of saw it from that angle, but it could be. I, a I, I, I see it as a Beatles fan. Yeah, it could be. I, but I, and, and I mean, let's face it, this is a super romantic gesture. The, the act that Bart pulled is what he's replicating by asking her to marry him, and he wouldn't have met Patty if it wasn't for the fact that Bart pulled that stunt. Oh, yeah, it all comes full circle. It's super romantic of a gesture. Very charming. But Patty lets Skinner know that she's a twin, and she can't let herself be happy when her sister's going to suffer. She needs to be with her sister, and they both realize that 
Pat, you know, Patty is turning him down and, you know. I love the way this scene plays out. Yeah. Because Patty is telling him these things. Mm-hmm. And Skinner is connecting the dots because he loves Patty and he yep. knows her so well mm-hmm. that he's finishing all these sentences. And he's like, because of your sister, you need to be with her because you're twins and you have a special bond. And Skinner's connecting all these dots before she can say them. Yep. Which I love that about this scene. Because it shows that this isn't just a little fling. He's actually infatuated with this woman. Yeah, he absolutely is. And so, you know, Patty gives him the ring back. And, uh, you know, they can't be together. She, you know, can't leave her sister for any man. Uh, You know, Skinner says, you know, good night, my Patty cake. And, uh, you know, Patty says, good night, sweet principal. And drives off. So here's a question for Uh you. Did Skinner return the ring? Or did he have to pawn it? I hope he was able to return it. I don't know how buying rings works, honestly. Uh, it's a big old pain in the ass. How it works. <laughs> oh, so he pawned it. <laughs> so Skinner kind of cries on the steps to the school. And it's kind of this kind of sort of emotional moment. And as you're empathizing with Skinner, you know, everyone's had some heartbreak in their life. You know, nobody hasn't. And Skinner looks up and sees a sign that says, uh, there's the sign to uh, Springfield Elementary that says Bart Simpson, owner and proprietor. And it, the line he did, like, just there's so, like, it's so softly uttered, but there's so much hate as he says, Bart. And there's a movie reference here, right? Yeah. So this is in reference to Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. This is the Tomorrow is Another Day scene because Skinner says, Tomorrow is another school day. Ah, this is yes. play on it. And the sun kind of rises in the distance. I. Uh, Cuts over to Moe's Tavern, where Barney says that he was in the service. Yeah, that's a weird one that threw me off. Barney was in the service. And then he says a few years after that were a blur, uh, and uh, Patty walks in as Selma's just miserable talking with Barney. And uh, she says, you know, like, what happened? And Patty says they loved each other enough to never see each other again. And Selma says, are you throwing away your last chance at happiness just for me? And Patty says... Yes. And I love that Patty's delivery there. Patty's delivery there might be uh, like just one of the best lines of the episode. Are you throwing away your last chance at happiness just for me? Yes. Just so abrupt. And they say they're going to get pancakes. Selma says, listen, Barney. Eh," And then walks off. Barney's heartbroken by that. He's real upset. And Mo says, ah, you know, time heals all wounds. And Barney says, well, what do you know? And I've got this pitcher of beer all to myself. And Barney, for a brief moment, looks incredibly happy. And he has such a goofy grin, and I love it. Listen, the beer lasts longer when you drink it by yourself. You're not wrong. Cuts to the next school day, and Bart is planting seeds in a giant field, and uh, Skinner's like sitting back in a lawn chair with like pink lemonade. He looks super relaxed, and groundskeeper Willie yells, "I told you you'd be back!" And it might be one of my favorite endings to an episode. It's a pretty good ending to the episode, and this is a solid episode from season two. Well, it really is. It it, it it's absolutely a uh, solid episode. I really really uh, uh, like this episode. I uh, it's one of one, probably one of my favorites from season two myself. I I don't think it's objectively one of the best maybe 
up up there a bit, but I re- really love it. So what would you say is the lasting impact of the episode, Sean? Because honestly, for me, it's a Patty and Selma episode. Oh, yeah. It's because it's a Patty and Selma episode. And it's one of the big Patty and Selma episodes. Like the one where they go to Duff Gardens is big. Mm-hmm. The one where um, Troy McClure gets married is big. But this is like the first big Patty and Selma episode where they're the focus. Yeah. we Up until now, we've not really seen that. And it's a great dynamic because, you know, the Simpsons are showing a single or are showing a, a married life. But for Patty and Selma, you get to see sort of the single life angle. And it's somebody very, very deeply connected to the Simpsons because it's, you know, Marge's sisters. I uh, Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that's definitely uh, uh, sort of the, the focal point there. Uh, but I tell you what, Sean, I uh, did want to let our listeners know that if they want to support GameZilla Media, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. And from there, you can sign up for Patreon and for just $5 a month. Our listeners can get access to SmartLine, our uh, bi-monthly episode where we cover a different uh, range of topics and characters. And uh, Sean, I just want to ask, uh, are you you know pretty excited to, to you know keep on recording, do more episodes with me? You know, Craig, I, I, I think I'm done. I don't think I'm coming back after this episode. You'll, you'll be back. You haven't seen the last of Craig WK. 